Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Amen. We need to get serious about prayer. I trust this time of prayer is more than just you giving a few requests. I trust this time of prayer is you getting a little deeper with God. It's important when we pray that we hear from God. The number one thing that has to happen when we pray and fast is that we hear from God. That has to happen. If you're not to the point where you're hearing from God, go in a little deeper. Fast a little deeper. Pray a little longer. Um, A lot of times I'll read different books during uh, my time of prayer and fasting. One of the books that I end up defaulting to many years is uh, Leonard Ravenhill's book on why revival tarries. And uh, he says in there, in his book, in the first chapter, he says, if, if I haven't prayed for two hours a day, I don't believe I've made any impact. And that's the truth. It takes time to pray. It takes time to hear from God. It takes time to wait on the Lord. And just praying for five or ten minutes, while it's a good effort, you're not going to hear from God. You're not going to get clarity from the things of God. And the church needs to awaken. We really do. Um, I'm not convinced the world's going to get any better. In fact, I think the world's going to get worse. I think evil is going to get worse unless there is a revival. Um, The world is getting more emboldened. The world is getting more confident. And believers are going to have to know who they are in Christ. And not even who they are, they're going to have to know who Christ is in them. And we're going to have to know who Jesus Christ is. I'm glad that he saved us, but more than he saved us, we need to know his voice. And we need to know who he is. Last week, we, re- we started a series called Discovering Grace. And we talked about uh, how we can know his voice. How can I find grace? How do I find grace? That's what we talked about last week. And the scripture we started with, I'll go back to now, is Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. And if you remember last week, we talked about becoming bold and approaching God boldly, approaching God confidently, not arrogantly, but confidently with humility and coming to Christ and asking for mercy. We need mercy. You say, well, pastor, I don't need mercy. Yes, you do. We all need mercy. And we all need grace. We all need to know what God wants us to do, what God's called us to do. We we need his mercy to forgive us. We need his grace to propel us into his calling and destiny. And this week, I want to talk about grace to be righteous. And it's a a fairly intense word this morning. You know, usually when I preach, I know I got a sense of how sermons are going to land. I got a sense of how sermons are going to uh, messages are going to be received. Um, but this morning, it's, it's a bit weighty. And God's been really, he, he wouldn't let me go out of this passage in Noah, about Noah. And he took me to Genesis. And um, I really believe um, there's things that are coming down the pike that believers are going to have to know who they are in Christ. I really do believe that. Before we turn there, James 4, 6, we said this last week, says, And God gives grace generously. God gives grace generously. I, I want to encourage you this morning that there's more than enough grace for you to live your life. There's more than enough grace for God to use you. There's more than enough grace for God to lead you. There's more than enough grace to God to transform you. There's more than enough grace. He can pour out his grace over and over again, day by day. And the grace of God, is that what he's called you to be? And that what he's called you to do, that who he's called you to be and that what he's called you to do. There is grace this morning. When I look at the Old Testament versus the New Testament, there are a few distinctives. And um, a lot of times, you know, I'm watching people being wiped out by what's going on in our society right now. I'm watching people just being destroyed. And it's not back in the Old Testament. God would wipe out cities. God would wipe out communities because they were unrighteous. God would wipe out major cities. Um, Remember, the earth is the Lord's. The earth isn't the Americans. 
The earth is the Lord's. The earth belongs to the Lord. He can do whatever he wants. He can move people in and he can move people out. And this is where people get all caught up with cultural things. The earth is the Lord's. And God would wipe out cities and put in another generation, put in another group. God can wipe, and he would do that in the Old Testament. He would wipe out cities because there was no hope for righteousness. And I really believe in the New Testament, he gave an opportunity. He said, listen, you have an opportunity. Jesus is able to save every single person. Jesus, there's no excuse for any, any generation to be wiped out unless they're completely carnal. And going back to the Old Testament, I want to turn to Genesis chapter 6. If you'll go there, we're going to spend a few minutes in Genesis chapter 6. This is one of those times where God wiped out the world. God was done. God was done with the wickedness of man. And that's what concerns me the most. If God gets to the point where he's done, I'm scared. Because it's going to wreak havoc uh, on the world. And there will come a point, we know in the end times, where he'll be done. And I just don't know when that is, but it's coming sooner than we think. And it says in Genesis 6, verse 5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah, verse 9. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. Can you imagine the world being so bad that no one, no one was found righteous except one man named Noah? The whole world was so bad that only one man was found righteous. Only one man pleased God, and his name was Noah. Can you imagine living in the world right now where you're the only righteous person? Where you're the only person that God isn't grieved with? That you're the only person that is pleasing the heart of God? That you're the only person that's willing to obey God, that you're the only person going to church. Think about that. Think about you're the only... Now, I understand, we look around, there's a bunch of us here, there's a bunch online, there's thousands, millions of people that go to church, that are a part of a church. But this is more than just being a part of a church. It's about being righteous. And prayer and fasting is a time to inspect the heart, to see what is unrighteous in me, what is unholy in me, what is not pleasing to God in me. And there are things within our hearts that we don't even realize are there and things that are going on. And we have to open up our hearts because God looks at the righteous different than he does the unrighteous. God looks at the godly different than the ungodly. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about Christian versus unchristian. I'm talking about godly versus ungodly. There are people that call themselves Christians that are ungodly. There are people that call themselves Christians that are unrighteous. They are not righteous people. They are not serving God. You can call yourself anything you want. And we're living in a day where people are just making stuff up. They're saying, well, I think today I'm going to be... Uh, uh, Hispanic. I think today I'm going to be a male, a female. I think today I'm going to be four foot two. I don't know what people think. People are just making stuff up. And people, and what's crazy is the world's going, yeah, you can do that. You, you can be whoever you want to be. If that's the way you feel, and the world is so deceived that the world's coming to I, I, I've lived over, over 50 years on this earth, and I've never seen a more deceived world than I do right now. And it's shocking how many Christians are deceived. 
And how many Christians are ungodly and unholy? And we're not offended by those things. We're not offended by what's going on in the world. It doesn't even bother us. It doesn't bother us that people are deceived. It doesn't bother us that people are going to hell. It doesn't bother us that people are, be, are totally ungodly. And we let them stay in their ungodliness. And God looks at the righteous and he says, I'm going to have grace upon the righteous. There's grace upon the righteous. Those that love God, those that walk with God, those that know God's voice. If you want to move the heart of God, become righteous. If you want God to move for you, become righteous. If you want God to hear your prayer, become righteous. Why should God hear our prayer when we don't hear his, his word? When we don't even listen to his voice? Why should he listen to our prayer when we do what we want and then pray a prayer of bailout? God, bail me out of this. God, bail me out of this problem. When we're not even doing what God wants us to do. God is looking for the righteous. God is looking for those that are serving him. I, I promise you, there are people that are going to stand before God when judgment day comes that are going to say, I went to church every week, that are not going to make heaven. There are people that are going to stand before God and they're going to say, I took communion and don't know God. There are people that are going to stand before God and they're going to live double lives and God's going to call them. I, I love what, what Leonard Ravenhill says in his book. He says, there's three people inside of you. There's the person you think you are, there's the person others think you are, and there's the person God knows you are. You know, you can trick others, you can trick yourself, but you can't trick God. God knows who you are. You can fool yourself, and you can fool others. Yeah, people may think something about you, people may even compliment your Christianity. People may even say, you're a great Christian. You're a great believer. But God knows whether you really are or not. And I understand the walk of faith. And I understand the walk of righteousness. But we've been given a tremendous gift of salvation. We've been given a tremendous gift of forgiveness. If God didn't forgive us, none of us would go to heaven. If God didn't forgive us, none of us would have peace. None of us would have joy. None of us would walk in grace. It's God's mercy. It's God's grace that he gave us through the blood of Jesus. He forgave us and set us free. But we have to wake up and realize that unless I'm walking in the grace of God, unless I'm walking in the favor of God, which is another meaning of the word grace there, unless I'm walking in the favor of God, life's going to be really hard. Life's hard enough without God. But with God, with God, his grace, his favor is upon us. Favor to succeed. Favor to go through situations. Favor to prosper. Favor to be able to do what he's called you to do. There's favor. There's grace. A lot of people will not succeed in what they're called to do because there's no grace to do it. And this is the reality because grace is foundationally in righteous living. I've watched people go to their graves with unfulfilled callings. I've watched people go to their graves not doing what God called them to do because of their unrighteousness. I just had a funeral recently of a relative went to the grave before he was able to accomplish what God called him to do. And we've got to get to the point where we call things out. We've gotten so scared of the world. How are we so scared of the world? Here's Noah. Noah's standing as the only righteous man in the world. The only one. God looked at the world and said, I'm wiping this whole world out. Oh, well, wait. There is a righteous man. 
I'm telling you, there's something about being righteous that God favors. There's something about being righteous that God pauses. And God says, wait a sec. Before I do this, I'm going to look and I'm going to see who's righteous. Before I wipe out this generation, I'm going to look and see. While everyone else is in fear, there's grace upon you. While everyone else is struggling, there's grace upon you. While everyone else is going the world's direction, there's grace on you to go God's direction. There's grace on us to go against the culture, to go against what the enemy is trying to put in our minds. There's grace on us to be rejected by the world. There's grace on us to be looked at differently by the world. There's grace on us to focus on what God wants us to do. There's grace on us to ignore the voices of the wicked. The wicked is pounding the table. The wicked is saying, follow us, follow us, follow us. And I'm watching Christian after Christian line up to follow the wicked. Where is your voice? Where is your strength? Who are you really? Do you even know who you are in Christ? Do you even know whether you're righteous or unrighteous? Do you know whether you're holy or unholy? Do you know whether you're godly or ungodly? I'm not talking do you know whether you're Christian or not Christian. Do you know where you are with God? Do you know how you're serving God, whether it's pleasing to God or not. How much time did you take this week in prayer with the Lord? This week. Of all weeks, this is a week of prayer and fasting. It should have been the biggest week. It should have been a great week. Multiple hours upon hours spent in prayer. How much time did you spend? Well, Pastor, you know, I'm not that good of prayer. I don't know how to say prayers right. Do you know how to talk? Do you know how to talk? If you know how to talk, you can know how to pray. Don't, don't let the enemy trick you. Do you know how to talk? Say, Father, forgive me. Father, I'm coming to you. Show me my heart. Father, I'm here. I want to hear from you. I want to talk with you. Father, I want to know you better. Do you know how to say those words? We've got to get to the point where the church actually is righteous. There are pastors being wiped out. There are churches being wiped out. Genesis 6, 13 and 14. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Man, that sounds like today. The earth is filled with violence. Violence is everywhere. And he goes, then God says, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and outside with pitch. The world is on a horrible path of destruction. I can tell you this I can see it by the Spirit of God. Unless there is a revival on the earth, this world is going to be crushed quickly. It is heading the wrong direction. There is no spirit of God moving in governments. It is far from God. It's been far from God for decades. And it's going to be even farther from God. And we have to wake up and recognize that the, the end of all flesh, and I'll talk about this, there is a sense that the church is the only hope for the world. It really is the only hope for the world. People are completely deceived. People are living in deception. Even in the most wicked generation, I want you to see this. Even in the most wicked generation, which I would say would be the generation of Noah. The reason I would say it's the generation of Noah is because he was the only one righteous. When there's only one guy, that's probably the most wicked generation. There's only one guy that's serving God. And he's the only one. And notice, he, he didn't get wiped out. God made a way for him. I understand there's martyrs. I understand there's people who lay down their lives for God even today. 
You look around the world, you look what's going on in India, you look what's going on in Nigeria, you look what's going on in China, you look what's going on in Korea, North Korea, you look what's going on in the Middle East. There are Christians being killed in droves. I understand that. There are people laying down their lives. Most people, most Christians in America have no clue what's going on around the world. No clue that there are literally hundreds of Christians giving up their lives every week around the world. Standing for the, because they are the only righteous there. And the world has a plan that comes from the heart of Satan to destroy the godly, destroy the righteous, destroy believers. The Satan has a plan. And I understand there's people giving their lives. And we have to decide, are we going to stay in grace or are we going to align with the world? You can't do both. It really is getting to that level. Am I willing to stay in God's grace? What's that mean? Am I willing to be who God's called me to be? Am I willing to do what God's called me to do? Or do I feel a need to align with the world because I don't want anybody to reject me? The world is rejecting you as a believer. The world is rejecting Christ. The world is rejecting Christians all over the world. It's going to reject you. The world is going to reject you. If you can't handle rejection, then you need an encounter with Christ because the world is going to reject you. But I want you to notice what God did. God said to Noah, because you are righteous, I'm going to have you build something that's never been built before. I'm going to have you do so. I'm going to make a way of escape for you that's never been done before. I want you to build this big boat. In fact, it's so big, it's going to take 100 years to build. It's so big that nobody's going to even know what to call it. There's nothing there was nothing called a boat back then. They didn't have all the stuff that we have today. They didn't have the seas. They didn't have all the lakes. They didn't have boats that were out on the lakes. They didn't know what a boat was. They didn't know what a flood was. They had never had a flood before. And so Noah's building this thing, and he's obeying the voice of God for a hundred years. A hundred years, and he's just building, building, building. I'm sure people harassed him terribly. Noah, what you building? I don't know. God said it was an ark. I don't, I, whatever, what's an ark? I'm not sure. He built this thing for a hundred years, day after day being harassed. Day after day, people thought he was crazy. The more I read about Noah, the more respect I have for this man. The more I have the respect for a man who stood alone against the world. He stood alone. There was nobody. He had his, he had his wife and children. That was it. He had nobody. He didn't go to church with other believers. He didn't have Christian fellowship. There was no small group for him to be a part of. He was all alone in this world. It was him and God. And yet, it was enough. It was enough. And God made a way for him. God gave grace. It says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah found an answer. Noah found a direction. Noah found a point of safety, a point of peace, a point of joy. Noah found his next step in the eyes of God. That's grace. God wants to give believers grace this year. There's things God may call you to do. Everybody thinks you're crazy. There's things God may direct you in and everybody says you're nuts. How in the world could you leave that job? How in the world could you do that? God may call you to be the next developer or entrepreneur of something nobody's ready for yet 
Amazon came and took over the world. Nobody cared about Amazon. Nobody thought Amazon would do anything. And when you look, or computers going back years ago, or whatever it is, people may think you're crazy. What are you going to need that for? We'll never get rid of Blockbuster. We'll always rent videos through Blockbuster. Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore except for one in Seattle. That's all. That's all that exists. None of them exist anymore. There's times and seasons. Understand, God knows what is going to succeed in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. And God can give you the idea to be ahead of the curve rather than being behind the curve. Why not you? He always will speak to the righteous. Why can't he give you a creative idea? Why can't he give you a creative ministry? Why can't he give you a creative business? Something nobody's heard of. Something that's ahead of the curve. You might not even know. I don't know what this ark's for. I don't know what I'm doing with it. But God said to build it. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't even know what a flood is. But God said a flood's coming. And so I'm just going to build this ark. Why can't you be the next ark builder? Why can't you be the next boat builder? What's next beyond a boat or a plane or a train? What's next in technology? What's next in science? What's next in healthcare? Why can't you be the one? Maybe you have the answer to solve what's going on in healthcare. Maybe God's given you the mind. Sometimes we just follow the world because we don't know what to do. I promise you, God knows what to do. God has the answer for the world's problems. And maybe you're the one, maybe I'm the one that holds that answer, but we're not righteous enough to get it. He gives grace to the righteous. There's no grace for the world, there's no grace. And if you say, well, I'm going to align for the world because it's easier. You know, pastor, it's just easier if I line up and agree with the world. And I don't, I don't want any trouble. I don't want anybody to, you know, I don't want anybody upset at me. I don't want people. Bother. Okay, align with the world. But I want you to understand thing. First of all, there's no grace from God. Secondly, trust me, there's no grace from the world either. You can't stand between two opinions. You can't stand between two gods. There's the God of this world and there's the God of Almighty God of the heavens and the earth. You can't stand between the two and straddle the fence. God wants to give you. There's something I believe believers can be on the cutting edge of where things are going. Nobody's calling you to build a blockbuster. It's not going to work. Nobody's calling you to build Amazon. It's already built. What is God putting in you? What is God speaking to you? What is the next thing that's going to propel you? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about life. What is the thing God wants you to bring life? What is the evangelism strategy that God wants to give you? Maybe he wants to pour into you an evangelism strategy nobody's done before. And you'll see thousands of souls saved. Just because everybody does it this way, everybody does it that way, doesn't mean it's the only way. God's got more ways than we can possibly count. But he gives grace to the righteous. He gives grace to the humble, as we read last week, James 4. There's grace to the humble. What's the humble? The obedient, the surrendered, the ones who are willing to hear from God, the ones who are willing to wait on God, the ones who are willing to take time I think some, some of us, we're just hoping to get through life. I'm crossing my fingers, Pastor. If I could just get through life, I could just get through 2022, I'll be good. Be good for what? If the salt has lost its flavor, what are you good for? There's no salt to you. There's no saltiness. Oh, you may be salty, but not in a good way. There's got to be something that is supernatural about your natural. There's got to be something that's super about your natural. There's got to be something that God wants to speak through you. Noah stood in a generation that hated God, that was increasingly wicked and violent. 
And we're coming to those times all the more. I don't know if we'll ever see any more years of peace. 24 months ago, things changed. I'm not even saying things were good 24 months ago. There was problems then. But it's gone from here to here. The problems are over the top. The more the world takes charge, the worse things get. You notice that? It's like, oh, we know how to solve this. Really? You know how to solve it? You're doing an incredible job. COVID is more rampant now than it's ever been. You guys are amazing. Think about that. We know how to solve it. No, you don't. You have no clue how to solve it. All your answers are falling flat. And you are proclaiming how great you've done. Yet I read last night in the news, I read it, that the most COVID positive cases ever in a day was yesterday. So you guys have no clue what you're doing, yet you're telling us to follow you. I'm just telling you, the church needs to awaken. The church needs to take up their place and become godly once again, become righteous once again. We have the answer. And you can say to me, well, pastor, I don't know if I agree with you. Go look for yourself. Open your eyes. The blindness is all around us. So many people are blind. So many people are deaf. So many people are deceived. They have no clue what's going on. They're just following. It's the blind leading the blind. And here we go, marching. Okay, where are we going? To hell. Okay, let's go. This world has no clue. Well, you know, if I do this, Pastor, I can keep this or I can do that. You know, if I do this, then they'll allow me to do this. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? Did God tell you to do that? Did God speak to your heart? Did God reveal it to you? Or are you just following the blind? I've asked people, did God tell you to do that? Oh, I didn't ask. What do you want me to tell you? It's not that hard. God, should I do this? Father, do you want me to do this? Oh, I didn't hear anything, so I guess I'll just do it. How much time are you taking to hear from God? Well, pastor, I spend a lot of time reading the Bible. That's good. Read the Bible. But actually talk to God. Pray righteous prayers. Maybe God wants to shift your direction completely. Maybe you're going a direction and God says, you know, I think I want to take you this way. Well, that's not in my five-year plan. All of our five-year plans are off. I don't know anybody's five-year plan who's imperfect right now. That they put it in 2020 and they said, you know, by 2025, I'm going to do this. It ain't happening. So you might as well align with the plan of God. God, what do you want me to do? What's this year look like? What's this month look like? What's this day look like? Why? Are you afraid to follow the voice of God? Who are you afraid of? Who are you nervous about? Who are you concerned about? If God tells you to do something, if God speaks to your heart and says, I want you to build this, I want you to make this, I want you to go this direction, his grace, his Leading, his guiding, his peace, his joy will surround you as you go. I'd rather die in peace than live in fear. I'd rather die knowing I followed God than being alive and being anxious every day of my life. I can't. I know some people do. Some people are full of fear, but they say it's not fear. You're full of fear. I deal with fear. I get fear. I understand fear. I deal with it myself. And I have to beat that spirit down. It's a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so I have to set my mind on the things of God. I have to know what God is speaking to me. 
I have to know what God is showing me. This 2022 might be a year where everything shifts for you. And if it's God, be happy. Be happy. Well, that wasn't a part of my plan, but it was a part of his plan. What's wrong with following his plan? Noah, at age 500, started building an ark. Age 500. I'm sure at age 495, he wasn't thinking of building an ark. <laughs> you know what? I think my 10-year plan, I think my 100-year plan, I'm going to build an ark. God has a plan. God is not nervous God isn't looking at 2022 going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you, Steve. You're on your own. I hope you, hope you make it. Good luck to you. I'm praying for more luck for you. God isn't praying for luck for us. God isn't hoping we make it through. God is praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Jesus is praying for us that we will not only come through, but that we will thrive and not, and not just survive. Jesus wants us to live a holy and godly life, and the world wants us to crumble and be destroyed. I don't know what is happening. I don't know what God's going to do, but I promise you this. It, I don't think the world's going to get any better. I think it's only going to get worse. No, and Genesis 6.22. Then Noah did according to all God commanded him. Noah did according all that God commanded him. I know we try to complicate it, but in many ways it is that simple. Just do what God's telling you to do. Just be who God's telling you to be. Well, I want the world to like me. They hate you. Jesus said, because they hate me, they're going to hate you. Know the word of God. Well, I don't, I don't want the world to hate me. No, they hate you. Okay, now that that's solved, now do what God's called you to do. Second Peter 2, verse 5. Second Peter 2. We can read 4 and 5. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell. And gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. He spared the seven others because of Noah. You, as a parent, as a leader of your household, have power to save your own family. And Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. Noah warned the world. It doesn't say it in Genesis, but it says it in 2 Peter. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. How would you like to be a preacher? You've warned everybody, and nobody got saved. How many years did Noah warn the world? Probably well over 100, probably the whole time he was building the boat. He's warning the world, God's righteous judgment, God's righteous judgment, God's righteous judgment. God's judgment for the unrighteous. There is a judgment coming from God to the unrighteous. And Noah warned the world. And again, what impresses me so much about Noah is he warned the world, he preached, he preached, told them of God, told them about God's righteous judgment, and nobody got saved, yet he keep preaching. How would you like to preach and every person you preach to doesn't get saved. That was Noah. He didn't stop preaching. He kept preaching. 
And I want to encourage us as believers. If you're going to do anything for God, start preaching to the unbelievers. If you're going to do anything for God, start telling the unbelievers about Jesus. Start telling the unbelievers about Christ. Start telling the unbelievers about who God is. Start telling unbelievers, well, I don't want them to, the people are going to hell. Start telling the unbelievers, listen, you've got to give your life to Christ. The world has no answers. Jesus is the only way. Jesus loves you. Jesus will give you peace. Jesus will give you joy. Jesus will give you grace. Start declaring, start warning the world. You know, for years, the church was accused of scare tactics to the world. Well, don't scare the world into being saved. Yet, I read in Judah, says, compel them to come in. And yet, the world every day uses scare tactics to get us to do stuff. Well, I don't like the church, all that judgy stuff, and you're so judgy. I don't know why they have to be so judgy. It's such a judgy church. The church is so judgy. No, the church is warning you. You call it judgy, I call it warning. And by the way, you're judging me. You're judging Christians. You're judging believers. You're judging me. So you can, you can call what I'm saying judgment. That's fine. I'm not nervous about names you call me. He's such a judgy person. Yeah, okay. You call me whatever you want. I can't, I can't get caught up with labels from the world. Oh, I don't want them to call me judgy. Well, what do you want them to call you? Especially when they look at you at the judgment seat and say, why didn't you tell me? Then what do you want them to call you? What are you going to say? Sorry, I didn't want you to call me judgy. Sorry, I didn't tell you about Christ because I was afraid you were going to call me names. The world needs Jesus. If you haven't figured that out, the world needs Jesus. We have Jesus. You just need more grace. You need more boldness. And the only way to get more grace and more boldness is to spend time with God. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm the only one at my school that's saved. Noah was the only one in the whole world that was saved. So you're the only one at school. You're the only one at job. You're the only one on your neighborhood. But you've got all of us. Noah had nobody. He was the only one in the whole world. God wiped out the world. He was the only man left standing. Him and his family. Well, I don't want to be cast. I don't want people to reject me. They will. But what about that one or two or three that get saved? What about those four or five? You might be shocked who gets saved. What are you going to do when you stand before God and say, God, I didn't want them calling me names. I was afraid they'd say something. We've got to, this is a time to talk to God. Lord, who do you want me to witness to this week? Who do you want me to talk to this week? Who do you want me to share the love of Jesus? You don't have to walk in with a, a big sign that says, repent, you're going to hell. You don't have to walk in and, and start bringing out a megaphone and preaching to them in the hallways of the office. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You don't have to do that. Yet, I'm okay if you do. <laughs> Tell you the truth. I'd rather see that than nothing. You'll get their attention. What's Steve doing? Because you don't know the heart of somebody you could touch. There is somebody in your office, there's somebody at your job, there's somebody at your school who is desperate to hear hope. This world is hopeless. People's worlds right now in Rochester, they're in shock. I've heard the word shock over and over again. I'm so shocked. I can't believe I got sick. I'm so shocked because the world's plan didn't work. 
They're looking for hope. I've heard that word shock so many times. People are like, wait, I thought this was going to work. This is the world, and they're going to keep coming up with ideas that won't work because it's the world. We have the answer. Last scripture, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. 37 through 44. Matthew 24, 37 through 44. Jesus is talking about the last days. He's talking about the last days. See, I want to tell you what's to come. And he starts, at, and I want to start at verse 37. It says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in one field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. As in the day of Noah, so shall be the time when Christ returns for his church. That's one of the few clues we know when Jesus is coming back. As in the days of Noah. What is the days of Noah? Wickedness. Sin. He's not coming back during a revival. He's not coming back when everybody is praising and worshiping. He's coming back when the world is at its worst. He says, as in the day of Noah. The days of Noah, it was clear who was righteous, who was unrighteous, who was, who was serving God, who was godly, who was ungodly, who loved God, and who was wicked. And they were partying, having a good time, doing whatever they wanted. Nobody was going to tell them what to do. There was no fear of God. I'm telling you, this world is becoming more anti-Christian this world is becoming more anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, anti-God, anti-beliefs in the things of God. This world hates the things of God. They are showing it every single day. There is no fear of God. Just listen to our political leaders. Listen to our leaders in the White House. Listen to our leaders in the State House. Listen to the leaders in our city government, in our county government. Listen to them. There is no fear of God anywhere. I'm, I'm scared for them. There is no fear of God. We've lost all fear of God. And church, stop being political. It's killing the body of Christ. There is no political party that is saved. Stop thinking your party saved. They aren't. The leaders of your party are not saved. The leaders that are directing your party are not saved. Well, they say Jesus. They'll say his name really when Jesus comes back, when he leaves them here. <laughs> Saying the name of Jesus doesn't make you a Christian. Saying you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Opening your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Singing a song, praying a prayer doesn't make you a Christian. Living holy, living godly, living righteous makes you a Christian.
out of all the millions or billions of people that call themselves Christians, how many do you think are really living holy, godly, and righteous? It's a fraction. It's a fraction. It's not that many. As in the day of Noah. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when, but in the last 24 months, to watch wickedness go from here to here. I mean, it is, it is not just gone from here to here. It's gone from here to here. It is on the increase. It's on the rise. And Satan is so emboldened right now. He's so emboldened. And unless there's a revival to hold off the wrath of God. And I'm praying for revival. Hear what I'm saying. I'm praying for revival. I don't even know if one's coming. I don't. I'm believing for one to come. But the wickedness is getting so bad. It's getting so bad. And we don't need things to go back to the way they were. They were already wicked in 2019. They were wicked in 2015. They were wicked in 2010. They were wicked in 2005. Things were already wicked, but the wickedness has gone to another level. Uh, Men calling good evil and evil good. Men rejecting the righteousness of God. Men spitting in the face of God and saying, I don't care how you created me. I'll be who I want to be. You're not going to tell me whether I'm going to be a man or woman. I'm going to tell you. Wickedness that has filled the earth. Wickedness that is all over the earth. Sleeping who they want to sleep with. Do, who, doing what they want to do. Wickedness is filling their cursing, stealing, drunkenness, being out of their mind on drugs. Wickedness, torment. So many people tormented. So many people committing suicide. Children committing suicide. Wickedness is filling the earth. Wickedness. I've heard more people say in the last two years, I'm following the science versus I'm following God. I've heard more Christians say, I'm following the science versus I'm following God. Science, if you're really following science, you'll find God. Science is all about God. Science is all about God. They're not talking about that science. They're talking about the world science. I'm following God. I'm following his science. I'm following what leads to Christ. People are following science. People are following social media. Let me back this up. They're not even following science. They're following politicians. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. They're following politicians. They're not even following. There's, nobody knows the science. They're not telling us the science. They're following politicians who aren't following the science. I'm just telling you this. You say, Pastor, you're hitting hard. God's been dealing with me. I did not want to preach this message this morning. Noah's a hard message to preach. Because that requires us to become more righteous. It requires us to stand up and declare who we're going to follow. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to stand with? Who are you believing with? Well, Pastor, you know, I just got to do whatever I got to do to make money. What? Yeah, it's, it's all about the money. What? What are you talking about? What did God say? I don't know, but here's where the money is. I know this is hitting hard because it's true. Whenever the congregation goes quiet, either you're asleep, which could be true, or it's truth. And you're processing everything you're hearing versus the word of God. I'm here to declare I am not following any politician. No way, no how. I... I am not. I refuse. I don't know where it's going to lead me, but there's grace to lead me. 
I'm in the grace of God. I'd rather be in the grace of God. I'd rather follow the grace of God. Do what he's called me to do. Be who he's called me to be than to be in bed with the wicked. I am not getting in bed with the wicked. And the church, God is calling the church to arise out of the bed of the wicked. He's calling the church to arise out of the bed of ungodliness, of unholiness. You know where your mind is at. Again, there's three people in you. There's three voices in you. What you think you are, what others think you are, and who God knows you are. You need to align and come into who God has called you to be, who God wants you to be. God knows who you are. God knows where you're sitting right now. He knows what your thoughts are. He knows the thoughts you think. He knows what's happening in your mind. And I understand that a message like this can cause people to get upset, can cause people to get mad. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to spare souls this morning. I'm here to save souls today. I am not being political. I am being righteous. I am preaching the righteousness of God. I'm saying, follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. Follow the Lord. There is no grace on you. Again, we're, called, we're looking for discovering grace. There is no grace to be found following the wicked. You are not going to be in the grace of God following the wicked. You're not. And we're going to have to follow the Lord. Because if some things come down the pike that I think are coming down the pike, which God hasn't confirmed to me, but if some things come down, it's only going to be the Lord that spares people. It's only going to be the Lord that saves people. It's only going to be the Lord that turns things around. The world, please hear me, the world has no answers. They don't have any good answers. Their answers are born out of the heart of Satan. God has every answer you need. He's got every answer you need. I will not put my trust in man. I put my trust in God. And I leave it with him. He's going to order my steps. I trust God this morning. Stand with me today. I want you to do something with me this morning before you leave. And I want us to take a couple minutes and pray. I want you to ask the Lord to show you your heart. I want you to, you to ask the Lord. I'm asking the Lord, show me my heart. Are the things in my heart that probably aren't pleasing to God? Yeah, probably. I need to know what those are so I can deal with them. Are there things in my life I want you to ask the God, I want you to ask God the second question. Is there some place that I am following the world? Is there some place I am following the world? And if that's and if you hear yes, ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent. Is there some place you're following the world? You're listening to the voices of the world. I want you just to do that for a minute. Come on, just open your mouth and just begin to pray. Father, I ask that you would show us this morning. Lord, is there a place in my heart where I'm not living right? Is there a place in my heart that's unrighteous, that's unholy? Is there a place in my heart, Father, that I'm not serving you the way I should? Just come to the Lord this morning. Just have a conversation with the Lord. Is there a place in my heart where I'm following the world, Father, where I'm listening to the world. Maybe it's born out of fear. Maybe it's born out of money. Maybe it's born out of whatever, pressure, anxiety, whatever it is. Father, am I following the world in any way? Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me this morning. I'm repenting, coming to you. I don't want to follow the world. I ask you to give me strength to follow your voice. Give me strength to hear from you. Give me strength. Lord, I want to walk in your grace. I want to walk in your truth. I don't want to follow the blind. I don't want to follow the wicked. I want to follow your voice. 
Come on, just ask the Lord this morning. Lord, show me my heart today. Show me my heart today. This morning as you're praying, if you know you need Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior for real, maybe you've played with it and maybe you said, well, Jesus can have a part of my life, but you want to give your life fully to Christ and you want to follow Christ this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. If you're online, I want you to let somebody know. Pastor, that's me this morning. I need to give my life to Christ. I need to serve Christ. If, if in your heart or out, if you raise your hand or if in your heart you're raising your hand, I want you to come down real quick and I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to serve Jesus Christ. I can't even tell the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the world. I don't even know what the voice of God sounds like. I have no clue. If you need to give your heart to Christ, come on forward right now. If you say, I want to serve Jesus Christ with all my heart. If that is you, I want to give you a chance today. Come on up. If that's you, come on. Just stand right in front of me. Face me this morning. Anybody else? You say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to serve Jesus Christ this morning. Anybody else? You know it's time. Yep, children. Bring children. Come on. I see you. Come on, honey. Anybody else? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to know the voice of God. You really don't know. You haven't heard. You don't know God's voice at all. You have no clue. Or you haven't heard it in a long time. Be honest. Remember the person you think you are, the person others think you are, but the one God knows you are. Who are you? Do you really know Christ? And do you want to know Christ this morning? Just real quick, if that's you, just come up. I want to give you a chance to receive Christ today. We're going to pray this prayer together. We're going to pray. Congregation, you can join with us. I ask some of my leaders to come. Be ready this morning. Now just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for giving me new life. I choose today to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I ask that you would touch each one of these now in the name of Jesus. I ask for a fresh anointing to come on their lives. I ask, Father, that you would open their ears to hear your voice. I ask that the power of God would come upon them and that you would pour into them healing and deliverance. Father, that their ears would open and that they would hear your voice, that they would know, Lord, that you love them. And Father, I release grace upon them to live for you. I release strength upon them that they will know you and be able to stand against opposition, against all the voices of the world, against the voices of the wicked. Father, I ask that you would arise upon every person in this room and upon these three here, that Lord, those that are watching, that don't that have come to you this morning, I ask, Father, that they would have an encounter with you that would truly change their lives. Let this be the greatest day, the greatest month of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask my leaders just to pray with you for a minute, give you a Bible if you don't have one. Just give them a minute if you would. Let's give them a hand today. The rest of us, I want us to pray. I'm going to pray for new boldness to come upon us. I'm going to pray for conviction. If there's things in your life where you're not living righteous, that God would help you live righteous, that God would help you live holy, that God would help you think like God. He loves you this morning. I know most of us want to really serve God. I know most of us really want to hear from God. 
And a lot of the stuff out there is confusing. But God is not the author of confusion. And we have to separate what is of God and what is not of God. So, Father, I pray for our congregation today. I pray for our church. I pray for all of our congregation, all of our people. I ask, Father, that you would speak to our heart. Lord, I rebuke the voice of the wicked. I rebuke the pressures of the wicked. I ask, Father, that we would hear your voice and obey your voice, whatever that is. It may be different for each one of us. Father, I ask that we would hear your voice and that we would follow you. And I ask that there'd be a hedge of protection around us, even as it was with Noah. Lord, you built a boat for him to be protected. And I ask, Father, for protection around your people, around your body. Lord, that you will order our steps. Lord, even as your word says, man makes his plans, but God orders his steps. So, Father, I ask that you would order our steps, that we would hear your voice, and that, Lord, that we'd respond to you today. Lord, that you would touch the depths of our heart. You would open our eyes to see what is going on in the world and what is going on in the kingdom of God, and that we would follow the kingdom of God. I ask for souls to be saved this week. Lord, I ask you to bring to us souls that need to be saved. You'd bring to us souls that need encouragement, people that need encouragement, people that need to be strengthened, that you'd give us great boldness at this time. We pray for all of our leaders. We pray for our president. We pray for our state leaders, our governor. We pray for our county leaders and our, our mayor. We pray for all of our leaders at every level. We pray for an encounter with you that you will give them a God encounter. Father, they don't know what they're doing. Father, they need an encounter with you. They need to hear from you. I ask that they would bow their knee in repentance. Lord, we pray for their souls, that they would bow their knee, and instead of bowing to Satan's agenda, they would hear your voice, and they would follow your agenda. I pray for every leader at every political level. I pray for every leader at every school level. I pray for every leader in every college level. I pray for every leader in every work level, every healthcare level, every civil service level, law enforcement, fire. Lord, I pray for leaders that, Lord, you would cause them to bow their knee and that they would have an encounter with you and that, Lord, you would turn this around. In the name of Jesus, God, arise. Let your church arise. Give us, Father, also creative ideas. What is the next thing you want us to build or do? I ask that this would be a season to hear your voice and to go in the direction you're calling us to go, that you would give us creative ideas, that you would give us creative direction, and grace would be upon us to do what you've called us to do. We love you and we honor you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.